Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Rahul Mendeley. He's a managing director over at Deloitte in life sciences and healthcare. Uh, Raul, we've known each other for quite a while, and I'm glad we get to reconnect here. Likewise. I mean, it's been uh, probably uh, about uh, 19 or 20 years now, John. And it's been, <laughs> it's been running great around. to see your journey. <laughs> I, I think I still remember you. Were you just starting off on your journalistic uh, trajectory at that time? I don't even remember. <laughs> Probably would have been way back twenty years ago. I was uh, I was just a little uh, I was a little puppy, I guess. Those were the days. We all were. Yeah. <laughs> right, and now yeah, we have so lots of scars, right? So the only thing from little puppies we have grown into is now we have lots of scars. <laughs> yeah. Now we're just grumpy. Now we're just grumpy old dogs. Hey, talk about yourself. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, uh, so the impetus here was that uh, I had I had written a I'd written a post about failure, and I and I, I got a lot of like outreach. I got a lot of like really nice people who were helping out, uh, like just trying to like trying to buck me up. And it wasn't really I wasn't out to like to like get any um, I don't know appreciation or anything. I just wanted to I just wanted to say a few things about failure and how it's important, etc. Uh, and even talk about the podcast, how for in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of a kind of a low traffic, all this other good stuff. But I think what we're talking about is vital. So I wanted you to get into a, a story that you're uh, you might want to share about failure and, and how you solved it. Sure. I mean, uh, that's that's a big uh, it's almost a big philosophical question. Right. Uh, and, and I think uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pick out what one failure would I talk about, uh, one or two top failures, because I, I think the years are littered, literally littered with failure. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way, uh, because I, I truly believe that every failure has been, you know, one step closer to success. I mean, when I saw your your article, I definitely resonated. And I, of course, I was a little concerned. I was like, wait a minute, in today's environment, uh, you know, I think we are a little bit more sensitive to uh, people's, uh, you know, mental health. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, uh, you know, don't want you to feel alone. And uh, that just, that doesn't just apply to you, but for everybody, right? Uh, I think um, there are elements around failure and nobody's alone. I mean, the path for everybody's life is littered with failure. Everybody faces challenges from their shoes. And from the, each person's shoes, uh, those challenges seem insurmountable or really daunting. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. So maybe I'll, I'll start off with, you know, a first failure uh, where, I, where I literally gave up on life. Um, so just growing up, at the, at the age of four, I had my first flying suit. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, in the Indian Air Force, and all I ever wanted to do was join the Air Force, uh, become a pilot. And at the age of 11, I, I learned that I had a color perception problem. So uh, 
uh, I was not completely colorblind, but uh, there's a color perception challenge where certain shades of red and green uh, merge and I can't tell the difference. Now, the reality is nobody in the Air Force uh, actually needs to, you know, that, that's, that, that color perception is, uh, is not really required in today's day, day and age. But every person who's joined the Air Force has passed that test. So nobody ever sees the need to make a change, right? And, and literally my, in 11th grade, my, my, my life just collapsed when I learned that I could no longer be fit for the Air Force. And I locked myself up in my room. You know, I'd literally given up on life. I don't think I, I stepped out of the room for five days. I don't think I ate for the first three days. Uh, you know, I, I think I was, uh, I, was, I was pretty much spending the whole day crying. That's it. Um, and then I, then I, you know, I, 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 I said to myself, I'm, I'm like, this is, this is like hell, I said. And I said, if you're going through hell, the last thing you want to do is stop. Mm-hmm. Right? Because hell doesn't really have uh, that nice scenery per se. Yeah, it's not a rest and, area, right? Exactly. It's not a rest area. So I was like, you know what, Rahul, you, you got to have belief that when one door closes, another opens. And you got to rebuild yourself. It's okay. You know, it's just because you had a dream doesn't mean that the dream is meant for you to achieve. Because what you are meant to achieve may probably be even bigger than what you had dreamt of. And, and that was the overarching thought, which I, I kind of uh, um, I, I hypnotized myself with. And, and very frankly, I feel that that's exactly the way life, life turned out because, you know, I kicked myself in the butt. Um, I, I started working out. I got out. I connected with my friends. I started reading voraciously. Uh, and I figured out that, you know, I really liked people. So I, I got into, uh, you know, I, I focused on engineering and I got into manufacturing systems. I, I, I applied you know, I, I never wanted to study abroad, but I applied to the University of Wisconsin at that time. And, you know, I came from India. Uh, I got in. I got a full scholarship. I mean, my trajectory completely changed. And it all started with that inflection point where, you know, I, I was facing failure in terms of ever reaching a dream that until that point was the only dream I really had. I mean, my mm-hmm. life had really collapsed. And, uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's what I did. And, you know, over time, I mean, I got my master's at the University of Wisconsin. I've worked at Cummins and then I got accepted to Harvard Business School. I connected with Clay Christensen, who was one of my mentors. He's the guy who coined the term disruptive technology. Sure. Uh, he heavily influenced me and continued on. I mean, these doors would not have opened. And I really feel when, when things collapse, when things break down, that is actually the opportunity. That is actually... You know, I, I'm not religious or anything like that, but that's probably some sort of a cosmic uh, indicator that you are you're meant for bigger and better things. And and your inflection point, our inflection point, is at that time believing that, making a mental change, uh, and just going through. Don't stop in hell. Just keep going, keep building, doing the right things, do the hard things, and and things things play out. So that's you know that's definitely one one example of failure. Um, then I, you know, I've done multiple startups uh, and and startups, you know, extremely glamorous. 
you got big titles and the only thing that lets you do is uh, everybody thinks that you have a cushy title and a cushy job and the reality is you're taking out the trash mm-hmm. uh, you know it's you're rolling up your sleeves you're doing everything and every day uh, it's a journey of constant introspection why because you're pacing and staring at failure in the face not once a day but at least 12 times a day every hour and every year you do a startup that's basically something that stares at you and you face on a literally hourly basis asking yourself should i be doing this i mean i'm all these capital constraint am i you know am i am i doing justice to my family am i doing justice to my health so on so forth i mean there are a myriad of millions of questions that keep and doubts that keep coming up and 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 there are there are innumerable small and big failures so the path of startups um is again it's it's defined by resource constraints which mm-hmm. basically means that you can't do everything that you dream of right and which means that a lot of the initiatives that you go down on you invariably shut down because you don't really have the resources and and then lastly you're constantly facing feedback and it gets a little bit frustrating let's just be honest right uh, so you know from a startup perspective we built out the company raised double digit millions of dollars and we got a strategic investment but this was this was not like a big cash out event for me uh on the contrary I, you know i literally stopped having fun and i it had taken a heavy toll on my sanity mm-hmm. uh my i was just emotionally exhausted i was men- mentally exhausted uh and this baby my skin which i'd started uh literally i was like uh, i was like wow i had to i i to you know I had to step away from my own baby. So from that perspective I got a strategic investment and I decided to I decided to resign uh and for the first time my my advisors were all unanimous they said Rahul this is exactly the right thing that you need to do for varied reasons I mean you know there were there was conflict at the board level there was uh investor challenges I mean but we had good capital I'd hired a great executive team uh we had a product so on so forth so we were in a good spot and uh but personally i mean i i faced failure because i ran out of energy so it, which is why it became a journey of introspection i realized that me going down this path would not be fair to my investors would not be fair to my my employees would not be fair to my company uh, would not be fair to my partners and was definitely not fair to my my family and to my health so from that perspective i basically kicked the bucket and i said you know what here's my resignation my corporate lawyer said don't don't ever resign because there are legal protections that go away and i i said you know what i've done nothing wrong i don't need any legal protections i said i'm going to resign uh and that's what i did so again that's what happened again stared at embraced failure at that point mm-hmm. and in hindsight probably was one of the best decisions i made from a personal perspective because i used that time i took a i took a year rebuilt myself connected with people had great conversations you know i started feeding my soul i started working out i started sleeping better all these intangibles uh i spent time with my kids i, I, I built a really strong bond with my kids all these all these intangibles which came from different areas today i value more 
than potentially that financial outcome or an outcome around a startup. And, and so again, it's that same recurrent theme. Kick yourself in your butt. Believe that your purpose is something bigger. Um, and and when, you're, when you're going through hell, don't stop. Just keep going. Just keep, just keep feeding the soul and you will... You will you will face a lot of hardship on that path because you'll be you know everybody's heard about fake it until you make it. I mean you'll you'll be going through imposter syndrome. You'll be going through the whole fake it till you make it thought process. I mean all this stuff is real. It affects everybody whether whether that success looks you know whatever it looks like on paper. Um, and and then finally what you realize is what matters are things which are outside of the domain of what gets traditionally defined as success, which is primarily financial uh, by society. So I, th- I think that's the overarching theme. So please, those two examples of failures, what I did and uh, how I rebuilt myself uh, from those aspects uh, do come to mind. Yeah, so that's actually interesting. So so the first the first failure was, uh, was you had your heart set on something and it didn't, and it didn't come through and you basically just figured out a route around the damage, right? And then the second yes. failure was that you were already in a place of power and and a, you basically were a success already to a degree. And then all of a sudden you realized maybe I wasn't. Is that is that accurate, I guess? Absolutely. And actually, you know, I think you, you very astutely pointed out the difference between these two failures. And I would I would actually say that the second failure, when you are in a position of power, Stepping down and giving up actually hurts more. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you're in the Norbert, if, when you when you're in the forming stage, so the first failure was more forming, right? I hadn't really achieved anything. It wasn't like I was facing failure because I was stepping back and giving up things which you know I'd already achieved. And and probably uh, Kahneman, you know, the thinking fast, thinking thinking slow, thinking fast. Guy will say right, which is, or even Rich Taylor, the the uh, behavioral economists. I mean, this is what they say: when you actually give up, when something gets taken away from you, that actually hurts more, right? So versus me saying I will give you something and have you aspire towards building something because I'm going to give you something, that actually that doesn't actually hurt as much. But when you are in position, so I'm always amazed by by all these people who, who you know who have accumulated knowledge or who have accumulated credibility, respect, uh, those are more important. I mean, the financial asset don't, doesn't really matter. That's easy come, easy go. But it's these other aspects that people have done. And when they, when they take a big fall and then they rebuild themselves, I think it's, it's astounding because it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of energy. Uh, and it takes, I think it takes a resolve, a mental resolve on each person to believe that they can they can do better and to rebuild themselves, uh, so I, I think you you really you know I, I think the way you classified the two experiences really brought that to mind. Mm-hmm. When do you know when it's time to stop? I'm I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna probably resort to Reed Hoffman's rule. Uh, I think he he said when he did one of his first startups he said I I stopped when I I. I sold my first startup and I got out when I stopped having fun. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that is definitely one of the main indicators. When you stop having fun, that's a, that's a sign. And there are probably two other signs. One is 
if it starts impacting your personal life, either from a health perspective, from a relationship perspective, don't do it. No amount of professional success is going to make up for a personal loss. And I want to say that again, no, no amount of professional success, no amount of money, no amount of titles, none of that is going to make up for a personal loss. So that's the second thing, which is if it's going to impact your your personal personal life, uh, don't do it. And thirdly, I'm going to resort to what Clay Christensen says, which is if you are on a slippery slope, and and you know he says the point is to stay out of jail, and I'm not saying we'll all go to jail or something like that, but basically what he says is is if if it is going to challenge and create conflict with your sense of values, if the actions that you'll be taking is going to conflict with your sense of values and you're not going to sleep peacefully, don't do it. Step back. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to fail. In, the, in these situations, it's okay to fail. Step back because that failure is actually will translate into a personal success because you'll have fun, you'll build relationships, and you will keep your values intact. And that is the opportunity at that inflection point when you make that decision. I mean, there's uh, all the hustle culture that teaches us to, to almost to ignore those ideas. It's, that's the goofy thing. Like hustle culture says you got to, again, fake it till they make it is actually kind of damaging and kind of dangerous because you, if, you're, if you're faking it constantly, uh, you're kind of in this position of lying to the world and then also to yourself right so i think i think that's a super healthy healthy view but it's also it's also anathema to to what everybody says which is kind of which is kind of crazy yeah i i mean you know and and just yesterday i was chatting with somebody regarding Theranos and what happened with elizabeth holmes and you know i mean you look at steve jobs elizabeth i mean everybody lived in this alternate reality right i mean the unfortunate part is the future sells. It's the vision that leads to a sale, whether it's your personal sale. So if you're getting a job, you're trying to sell yourself. People don't buy you for your existing capabilities. Very rarely. They buy you for your potential or your future impact, vision, whatever you want to call. So you are selling to that vision. It's the same with products. People buy aspirational stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So... The, the difference being is when you when you communicate the aspiration, you got to make sure that in a given time, in a given on a given schedule, with the determined with the, the finite resources that you have, you actually deliver at least part of that experience, right? And you consistently keep doing that. And and I, I think that's where the difference is, which is yeah, you fake it till you make it. You know, I think people are constantly selling the future vision, but the difference being it has to be complemented and supported by your ability to deliver towards that larger vision and and keep people engaged so that they believe that, okay, from that point onwards, the next vision that you lay out, you're you're going to you're going to continue to sell that. But you're you're right. I mean, and and I think that's where the Elizabeth Holmes story came in. Right. Because she she obviously very clearly um I, I think uh, she she went down a went down a path and a trajectory, and uh, you know she was not able to deliver uh, a blood test which would 
which would uh, kind of diagnose for cancer. And not just that, but she she missed that third point, which I said, which is see out of jail, where, uh, you know, she actually lied. So, you know, she challenged her values. She gave up her values. And uh, probably that's why uh, she's suffering. And, you know, on, on that part, um, you know, I was I was at I was recently at, uh, at Harvard Business School in, uh, you know, there was this class by Leslie Perlow uh, that she runs uh, called Crafting Your Life. And uh, it was really, really interesting where I think, uh, John, as you said, right, people fake it till they make it, the hustle culture, uh, the challenges. I mean, when she looked at satisfaction of in life and, you know, the feeling of happiness vis-a-vis uh, some of these aspects that you covered uh, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of uh, what, what one would call um, uh, achievement index, right? So which yeah. is titles, which is, uh, you know, getting certain salaries, so on and so forth. Interestingly, what, what, what the learning was, as she wrapped up the survey, was the learning was actually people who focus on achievements per se, these professional achievements have the least satisfaction across the years. So she had done the survey with people who are out of Harvard Business School, five years out, 10 years out, 15 years out, 20, 25 and more. And it's, it's, it's astounding that people who, who actually focused on that hustle culture to achieve and to focus on uh, these, these, these achievement related aspects, they actually had the least satisfaction as life uh, played out. Interesting. So yeah, so so titles and things. I wonder if there's I wonder if there's a um I wonder if there's a happy medium there because the the titles feel good uh but they're not as good as the actual experience of being in charge of being successful, etc. I mean the title is title is sort of a placeholder for success to a degree. Yeah, I I think it was really interesting because uh unanimously people who had achieved or, or focused on the achievement part, they still continue to feel that a either they were compensated too poorly or that the compensation and the titles came too late. So they consistently had this feeling of, of underachievement. And then the second <laughs> thing that happened, which was which was very interesting, was life is spiky. It's it's actually Meg Whitman had said this once, where she said, um, you know, it's not about balance you have to realize that it's a trade-off. And, and that's really, really important framing. Because if you focus on achievements, which are professional in nature, they potentially come at a cost where you pay either on your relationships or you pay with your, your health. And I'm seeing this play out across my peers, my classmates, my friends. And, and that's what makes it spiky. I think what we don't realize is that those achievements typically come at the cost on either health or, or relationships. And as I said, no amount of professional success makes up for a professional loss. Uh, and, and that's what happens, which is why the net satisfaction that people face over years um, is, is, uh, is lower, those people who focus on achievement. And, mm-hmm. and I, I probably have a provocative view on that front because I, I talk to kids, you know, and, and it gets into this philosophical question, which is what is success? Right, because I, I think uh, what is success, what is failure, they're they're all linked. Um, so, so I think uh, I think those aspects of health, 
those aspects of relationships, you know, they, they matter greatly. They will, if you, if you talk to, if you spend time uh, talking to a lot of people who are over the age of, you know, 65, so retired. Uh, so look, let's look at, you know, the next 20 years of life. They all value those two aspects, which is, uh, which is health and relationships. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody really says there's this book, uh, 30 reasons for living beautiful book, right? Nobody, this, this person's interviewed thousands of people across all titles, economic spectrum, so on and so forth. Nobody said that they wish that they had worked more and had gotten bigger titles. Not <laughs> one, not one. Right. But everybody talked about, I wish I had better health. I wish I had better relationship. So if we are going to measure our ROI of life along those metrics, then we should be making investments today that will maximize our return around health and relationships. Right. So I should be working out every day. John, you know, we just talked about Yemeni cafe. You know, maybe let's let's grab a coffee. I mean, this is this is that's that's going to be more enjoyable because that will create greater ROI. Uh, those are the kinds of things that will matter. Excellent. Wonderful. Raul, thank you for this. This is, uh, I think you gave two really good examples and you also have a lot to, uh, a lot of advice really. No, thank you. I think this was, uh, this has been a thought provoking discussion. I think your article again, uh, it really resonated and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, Sal Khan, who's my classmate friend, uh, who started Khan Academy. I, I, he, you know, he tried I think two or three different hedge funds investment. You know, nothing worked. And then, you know, in frustration, he had put up this video to to tutor his, his nieces who were who were in uh, um, who were in Louisiana, and they they saw this video, and then suddenly he realized he had a million views. And guess what? He started Khan Academy based on that. Wonderful. So, he had not given up. I mean, uh, you know, he stayed, he, he wanted to be a investment manager and guess, you know, right now that door closed, but just look at the path that opened up for him. So when one door closes, it's not just that other doors open, it's actually much bigger doors open and, and one has to have the belief, uh, and, and just keep moving forward. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been uh, has been great. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. This has been Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.